quotes Infused with the scent of potpourri Filled to commit to memory Crossing the felt ropes Watching from home on my TV Looking at all my eyes can see They tell me I view obsessively Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic via genre, trope, movie, or show each episode. You can find more of our work at obsessiveviewer.com. And uh, if you want to support the podcast, um, uh, you can go on Patreon. I'm fumbling this. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. And while every episode will always be free, if you'd like to support what we do here, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for tons of bonus audio content including TV and book reviews, immediate reaction movie reviews, Patreon potpourri episodes, movie commentary tracks, and much more. Um, again, that's at patreon.com slash obsessive viewer. Um, yeah, so I'm your host, Matt Hurt, and you can find me on social media and on Letterboxd at obsessive viewer. And joining me today is recurring co-host and creator of the moviestate.com, Mr. Ben Sears. How is it going, Ben? I'm doing good. How have nice. you been? Pretty, pretty good. We just recorded a uh, a B-roll uh, thing where we talked about RRR, really, um, and a bunch of stuff. So that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. So uh, tonight on the podcast, we're going to review two new releases, the uh i wrote this all out the acrophobic thriller fall (laughs) currently in theaters and the new netflix original vampire action movie day shift um but first i want to just say up top i want to give uh i want to yield the floor to ben to talk about what he's got going on over at themoviestate.com so ben how are you doing over on the movie state and uh and what do you got going on up there um Let's see. Uh, not sure as of this recording, any uh, movie reviews that I'll be posting. Uh, hopefully going to be uh, doing a, the uh, new uh, Game of Thrones spinoff, uh, oh, nice. House of the Dragon, right? Yeah. That's what it's called, uh, which as of this episode's release will come out in about a week or so. Oh yeah. I that is coming. Maybe up, less it? than a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. No, less than a week. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully that'll be coming out. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm also, uh, this will have been live for a couple of days mm-hmm. when this episode drops, but, uh, I'll be adding a new feature on the homepage of the website, uh, a weekly poll question, um, just to, just for fun, nice. um, just various movie and TV related questions. Um, right now, the question is, uh, what's your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? Oh, nice. Uh, just in honor of the uh, uh, E.T. 40th anniversary. Oh, yeah. Um and it coming back to IMAX uh, for a week or two, I think. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you can go and vote on that. New questions will come up on every Monday morning. Um, just, you know, uh, what what are you looking forward to in September or what 
movie do you think will win the Golden Lion at Venice okay. Film Festival or uh, what's, I don't know, what's your favorite TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just nice. stuff like that. If anybody has any suggestions for poll questions, uh, let us know. Nice. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, uh, uh, what is, what is, what is your pick for favorite Spielberg movie? Oh boy. Um, I don't know. I mean, it probably changes depending on the mood that I'm in. Yeah. But gut reaction, I might actually say catch me if you can. Oh, nice. I, I really like that movie. I remember very fondly seeing it in the theater with my family. Um, and yeah, um, Leo and Tom Hanks and mm. a fantastic script and a fantastic score. Mm. Uh, even the opening credits, I remember, are really great. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. I, I have not watched it in a long time, so I, mm. I uh, need to watch it again soon. Nice. I concur. I'm um, guessing... <laughs> nice i see what you did there nice <laughs> um i'm guessing yours would be jurassic park i i was trying to think uh mm, it would probably be either jurassic park or saving private ryan it's okay it's so it's i don't know it's it's so hard to to pick to pick one and it's just it is insane sometimes i'll think about this like the granted i mean he's been working for decades and he is like he is he is he's spielberg like he's he's an institution but like just the the staggering amount of like greatest achievements that like like the 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 breadth of the of the classic films of him in his catalog is is insane like just i yeah it's in, it's insane yeah yeah it was it was hard to pick uh which ones i would choose to uh to be able to vote on um, i mean i could i could make it out of like 20 uh 20 options if yeah. i wanted but uh oh, yeah. not going to do that nice. i mean Really, you could say just about anything, and and you wouldn't be wrong, right? Uh, unless like it was like the terminal or something, <laughs> yeah. um, or the the newest, the latest uh, Indiana Jones movie. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and it's funny because I actually, I don't, I don't mind the terminal. Um, that's that's a movie that I. It, I kind of have like a little bit of a soft spot for because I remember it came out like right around the time I was working in the movie theater. Yeah. And same here. Yeah. And like, I just, it, it was one of those ones that it was like, Oh, I, I get to see it early. Like, like they showed it the <laughs> night before to test the projection and everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would say my top five per, my ratings on Letterboxd is, uh, I guess, Jurassic Jurassic Park, <clears throat> Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Jaws, and Raiders. Okay. Yeah, with E.T. I, right at the 
on on the I uh, don't have very many blind spots for him, but mm. uh, one that I'm going to watch before we do our next Ebert episode is mm. uh, Close Encounters of yes. the Third Kind. Nice. So uh, I'm excited to check that one out. Nice. You haven't seen Close Encounters? I have not. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. That's very interesting. Um yeah. is is it is it on the list? On the Ebert no. list? Okay. Okay. Um yeah, I've got only I mean probably twelve um movies of his I haven't seen. Um, okay. Yeah. Or maybe less than twelve. Um yeah, I don't know. But uh but yeah, um oh that's including the Fablemans. Uh, yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, check out the movie Uh, good, good work you're doing over there, Ben. And <laughs> Thank uh, you. yeah, um, yeah. So, what uh, is there anything else that came up? Any like news or anything that we want to talk about, or do we want to jump into the reviews, or how do we want to proceed? <laughs> um, I don't know. Nothing. Uh, nothing too exciting. Mm-hmm. I actually, I, I probably should have brought this up on Patreon, but I kind of mm-hmm. want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, we're approaching the fall film festival season. Yes. And I know we've talked in the past about, um, what, fu- what film festival you would most want to attend. Oh, yeah. But I was not aware of this until recently, the mm-hmm. Telluride film festival. Mm-hmm they don't announce their lineup until like the day before or the day of it starting. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know about that. And I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. Yeah, that's, huh. You know, I could, I don't know. I could kind of play devil's advocate and say that, you know, like, oh, that would be neat if it's, if they do like a hybrid in-person virtual one, like that could be kind of neat um to kind of mm. go in blind i guess but i don't i i'm just trying to think of the logistics of it like how do people figure out what they're going to see like what <laughs> like what yeah i know well and it only lasts for a weekend oh, this year oh. it's september 2nd through 5th oh wow so yeah uh it it's not even all that long like heartland or venice yeah. or so you really got to fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. I mean, if you're a nerd and you like follow the news of every uh, you know, film festival, yeah. uh announcement and all that, you kind of get an idea of what's going to be there and what's not, mm-hmm. but still that you still have to plan when you're going to see things. Yeah, that's true. I do kind of like that like um when like pre-pandemic when i would basically get the press pass for heartland i would basically just i i would i would i like it was kind of a nice ritual that i did where i would basically um pick up a copy of the program um that they had at like the movie theaters and everything um before like the the week before uh the festival and I would like spend like my breaks at work and everything going through and circling the ones that I want to see 
Um, and I'd like make a list and everything. And then I'd look on like the insert that had like the block scheduling for all the screenings. And I'd be like, okay, if I see this, then I'd, I'd have enough time to then see this after that. But if I see this, then then I won't be able to see that then. And like, I would basically (laughs) block out like an entire, like multiple days worth of just screenings. Um, and it's, it's such a blast. It's, it's so much fun. So I can kind of see the fun of kind of doing like a blind one of that I think would be interesting um hell maybe I could try that with Heartland this year um (laughs) just like basically before I see anything like in terms of what what it is just like pick a day and just be like okay I'm gonna see three movies this day see where where it where it uh the scheduling plans out or like what fits in and I can just hit three screenings in one day or something um yeah yeah. Hmm. Um yeah, yeah. So anyway, um <laughs> uh yeah, I didn't I didn't know that about uh about Telluride. That's interesting. Yeah. Um yeah. Uh I just posted my review of Day Shift. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um the embargo like yeah the embargo lifted uh just now so i'm excited oh right yeah Yeah. okay yeah i uh i sort of posted my sort of review uh earlier today oh really doesn't count as a review Mm -hmm. did you uh (laughs) did you post it on letterboxd yeah okay gotcha yeah i'm not gonna write anything okay gotcha yeah, I I and it's interesting cuz I have not seen what uh I've not seen what um what you posted or or what you rated it. So I'm I'm eager to get into the conversation with you. But I think we're yeah. going to first talk about <laughs> fall actually. Uh just because that's what I have um the uh, the way my notes are all worked out and everything. Do you want to go ahead and go into our uh reviews tonight? Let's do it. All right, great. So we are going to be reviewing Fall and uh, night, uh, Day Shift <laughs> uh, tonight. Uh, of course, what we're going to do is um, we are going to do a non-spoiler and spoiler review for each movie. So I have uh, timestamps in the show notes of this episode. The show notes can be found at ov- uh, obsessiveviewer.com slash OV379 and in your podcast app. So um, first up tonight, we're going to be talking about Fall, which is in theaters now, uh, directed by Scott Mann, uh, written by Jonathan Frank and Scott Mann. It stars Grace Carolyn uh, Curry, Virginia Gardner, Mason Gooding, and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Uh, It hit theaters on August 12th, and the plot summary is oh my god i don't have it on here um <laughs> uh the plot summary courtesy of imdb just bear with me one moment um okay here we go um okay the plot summary for fall oh i loaded up the wrong one okay best friends becky and hunter find themselves at the top of a 2000 foot radio tower um okay so ben uh in non-spoilers what were your expectations for fall and uh and how did you feel about it overall yeah i um i didn't really have very high expectations um 
I read the premise and I thought it sounded interesting, but I wasn't sure how interesting it would be uh, for like if it could sustain itself for an entire movie. Um, you know, I, I feel like there have been similar movies made. Um, like what was that? The, was it open water Yeah, way back in the early two thousands where the couple is just, uh, in the open water and there's yeah. a shark that comes to attack them. Mm-hmm. Um, like movies like that, where it's just a simple survival kind of premise are not very long. Mm-hmm. And, I was kind of thinking this would be, you know, 90 minutes or so. Yeah. And then I saw it's like 107 minutes and I was like, oh, all right, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. And I think those fears, uh, turned to be, turned out to be a little true. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, a, a th- I don't know if I'd say thrilling experience, but it's, um, it gets the blood pumping or at least it did for me. Um, I do not really do heights, Mm. which kind of sucks because I work on the 31st floor of a building. Uh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) but I, I don't do heights all that much, uh, intentionally Mm -hmm. and I never really have. And, um, this definitely reminded me why, Um, and I, I definitely don't do any like extreme sports or climbing (laughs) or anything like that. And this again, reminded me why, um, and I, I thought it was okay. Um, it's not really a movie that I'll ever come back to. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Um, I think the performances are okay. Um, I think when it gets more into the character stuff, it kind of loses its uh, hold. Um, And I thought the, I thought it looked okay too. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, as much as it would probably ramp up my anxiety, I would be interested to see this in the theater Um, just for the visuals uh, to see if they hold up on the big screen. Mm and actually that reminds me, I, I had this weird experience while watching it and I've never had this happen before. And I doubt that anyone else did. It might just be unique to me, but mm-hmm. I watched this on my iPad with my headphones in mm-hmm. and the sound came through on both sides. Mm-hmm. But whenever someone talked, it just came through on my left headphone. Oh, oh, that's weird. Yeah. It was super weird and kind of disorienting, and I I don't know why. Like I said, it's never done that before on any other movie that I've watched before. I don't know if it was a technical issue with my iPad or my headphones or what, but... um, Huh. I would... Yeah, because, I mean, my, my, my experience was fine, like, and I have my surround sound set up, so... Like mm-hmm. I like the the dialogue was coming through like on both sides, so that's interesting, huh? Hmm. Yeah, I don't. Know. Yeah. Um. So I am am absolutely horrified of heights. Like that is, <laughs> it is, it's so interesting to me that 
I like when I when I talk to Mike about horror movies, like Mike is he 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 is completely, you know, he will watch anything that's attached to the horror genre. And like me, I'm a little bit more picky. I'm like, okay, if I'm like the just the thought of like the human centipede that grosses me out so much like i've heard that like oh in terms of like visual effects and gore and everything there it's it's not it's 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 pretty much like a uh it's pretty tame compared to it like i think that i'm more grossed out at the premise than what i would be watching it but just the idea of it horrifies me and and grosses me out so much so i will avoid movies specifically because they if they're too if they have too much like really bad like gore and stuff like the later saw movies i never watched because the third one just kind of like i just i couldn't take it i i was just like no i'm good um so i have that and then what i what i realized watching fall last night was that there's an entirely different side of things that i I don't know if I can handle all that well. And when watching Fall and seeing like it's it's really interesting. It's a feather in the cap of the movie that um it it has what I assume is a relatively small budget, but the visual effects were were pretty sound throughout it. There's some there's some shaky stuff here and there in terms of like green screen effects and like there's a, there's like there's some that just takes you out of the movie just a little bit. But for the most part, like the actual depiction of that height, that far up, like just the the idea of it and the hopelessness of it, I was I was. I was like, I was incredibly tense throughout the movie. Like my, like I was wiping my, my hands because I was like, I was sweating. Like my palms <laughs> were incredibly sweaty. I didn't, I was, it was so intense. I didn't even want to make the eight mile reference or anything. Oh man. I was yeah. just about to do that. <laughs> yep. Yep. And like, I, like, like you said, it gets the blood pumping and everything. And I'm like, this is really this is a very visceral kind of experience. And I think that it's very much, it's very much due to the fact that I, I can't do heights. Like I just, and I I have no idea why or how anyone, anyone can do things like that. Like I, I have no idea yeah. what it is. Like when I saw free solo, I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> I just I, like, I literally cannot grasp what it is because uh, anytime I see like, even like construction workers on like, like high rise, like scaffolding and stuff like that. I just, I don't understand how someone can be more than, let's say more than five feet off the ground and not be horrified at the thought of falling. <laughs> like, I just, I can't, I can't rationalize that. Um, so. Yeah. And yeah. I, I feel like I've heard that like the most dangerous job in America is the people that go up on the, like the cell towers and the radio mm-hmm. towers and Jeez. go up and fix them. So that yeah. just knowing that in the back of my mind just made it even worse. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. So, so this movie definitely, definitely struck a nerve with me. Um, And 
I I appreciated it for that reason. I actually really enjoyed it for that reason. But I kind of as as the more I get away from it in the last 24 hours, um and the more I think about it, like so much of everything else about it just kind of didn't really work for me as well as as the tension did. Um so it, it, it'll be interesting to talk in more detail, but uh, basically like the personal drama between the two leads, I felt like, first of all, they telegraphed it way too hard. Like, like way it was, it was painfully obvious and yeah. that kind of undercut some things there. And then even in that respect, when there, there's like a significant like moment that is treated like a twist that is effective but also kind of just undercuts the emotional drama between the two characters because it leaves that sort of unresolved um or or it kind of leaves that it leaves that aside in service of of a plot twist kind of thing um and then i uh last night after i logged it and everything um our friend Nick Rogers from Midwest Film Journal, he messaged me and like mentioned like, yeah, I just had these problems with it and everything. And like he mentioned, he mentioned three specific movies that this, <laughs> that this movie just blatantly rips off, like in terms of like, like storyline and, and situation. And like that kind of opened the door for me. And I was like, that's why the, the interpersonal drama between the two characters didn't work for me because it's literally like, it is beat for beat the exact thing that happens in a somewhat similar movie from a couple, like probably 20 years ago. Mm. Um, so it's just like, like ever since then, I'm like, I can't even, like the the limited characterization, the limited character drama in this movie is just it is blatantly ripped off and it just feels it makes me feel icky with it. But yeah. 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 And it probably didn't help that, like I said, the performances just weren't yeah. really anything to write home about. Yeah. I mean, you you get the fear mm-hmm. uh of them and um I think that um Oh, what's the girl's name that plays? Is it Hunter uh, Virginia Gardner? Yeah. Um, I I liked her to some extent, um, but anytime there's any kind of a drama between the two of them, it mm-hmm. just kind of deflates the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. It it's really kind of a shame because honestly, like the depiction of like like that um the confinement aspect of it is done really well like even in throughout the movie like they have different uh, like with any with any type of movie or with any movie that is this similar type like isolated you know like you said they need to find ways to stretch it they need to find ways to make it fresh throughout the entire runtime and I feel like they did a pretty admirable job here because they have these different these different ideas that they that they work with and try and everything and each one is kind of different from the last and there's some pretty interesting ways that the movie kind of stretches it out. A couple of things don't really work. Some of the the setbacks that they faced seemed a little bit there's one in particular that we can talk about in spoilers, but yeah. I was just like I don't understand why 
Like that just felt like it was padding the runtime a, a bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. But yeah, we'll nice. talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, I don't understand, like, I don't understand. And again, this is something we'll talk about uh, in more detail in spoilers, but the movie just kind of like when we get, when we get to the ending, it's just like, oh, oh, okay. Well, the movie's over now. Like it felt very tacked on. It was, it was like they ran out of money and they were like, okay, well, we need to figure (laughs) this out. We need to do this. And then it was, it was weird to me. Um, yeah. 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 I think I read that the budget was only $3 million. Oh, wow. So, um, interesting. considering all that and seeing the, the visuals and, mm-hmm. the, uh, how they were able to, uh, practically do some of these things. I, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty interesting yeah i'm actually Um, pretty impressed with that three that's yeah that's that's wild huh yeah and Mm -hmm. i i read that um the uh the platform that they're on for most of the movie Mm -hmm. they were on like a 60 foot platform oh they they weren't just like on a sound stage oh i mean they might have been but they they were still like 60 feet in the air nice uh which is uh i don't know probably like billboard height maybe yeah that's wild Um, i i found myself throughout the movie or like at the beginning of the movie by the time one of the things i really liked about the movie actually is the way that it 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 very slowly gets us to that point it very slow like the tension of them climbing the radio tower mm -hmm. is it's done really well like it is very suspenseful but once they got up there and and they get trapped up there, I kept thinking like in the first run of it, I kept thinking um, like, okay, they're just, they're actors. They can just step off. <laughs> it's fine. Like their, their floor is right yeah. there. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. And you had mentioned free solo mm-hmm. and like, I, I remember watching that. I remember getting a little bit of anxiety mm-hmm. while watching that, but surprisingly not to the extent that i was during this i i don't yeah. think i mean it's been a while but Interesting. um yeah i i thought that was pretty effective yeah oh yeah um oh oh uh did you hear about how they uh did uh i think they did like deep fake technology to cut out i think like upwards of like 30 f-bombs so that they could get to a pg-13 oh right yeah i I think i saw a headline for that but not uh i didn't read the article yeah yeah i i didn't read it fully either but i'll put a link in the show notes of course but i i've got to say like i was kind of impressed with that like because i like i read it or i heard about that before i saw the movie and um, throughout the movie, I'm like trying to like detect where it was. There's one scene where, um, I think Becky says like, oh, well, we got the freaking thing. We got the freaking thing. And I'm like, okay, well that's pretty obvious, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it just, it, I was kind of impressed. I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why they ran out of money and the ending had to be tacked on. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> I also like especially like when they're climbing and a little bit before that mm-hmm. um i 
kind of like I, I was putting myself in uh, Becky's shoes and I was like, hi, I, I would just like, just uh, nope out of this yeah. pretty quickly. Like she, uh, Hunter is just kind of a dick to her. Like yeah. that whole time that they're preparing for it and climbing up. She's kind of a dick. Yeah, I I totally agree. And I feel like the movie does not do an adequate job of explaining to us or 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 really pitching us on the the reason that she agrees to it. I mean, to a certain extent there there is a little bit of the the whole like spreading the ashes aspect of it. That I'm like, okay, that that makes sense, but also like why like i can't fathom like i there's there's a jump between you know wanting to do this to spread the ashes of of your deceased loved one but also like between that and the fact that oh you're doing something that is incredibly dangerous that resulted in the the same kind of thing resulted in the death of your loved one mm-hmm. and it's even more extreme like it just felt like the movie was trying to really just like skirt around the clear like uh, yeah i don't know they were trying to get from point a to point b and weren't really figuring out a way to get there exactly exactly like and i think that hunter being being such a dick about it too like i feel like i would have been a little bit more um I, I probably would have been a little bit more um, okay with it if it was more of if if Becky was more, um, you know, was less resistant to it. Like, because she is the one who went through this trauma, and she's the one who has spent nearly a year, like, kind of just completely in grief and and you know not being you know not healing from it. So to then have Hunter come and like be like, hey, you need to come do this incredibly dangerous thing with me that is going to remind you of your dead, your dead husband. Um, <laughs> and even when you freak out and you don't want to do it, I'm going to try to convince you to do it and everything like that's something that, again, just the fact that they do these things like that people do these things like not being able to recognize that like your friend is in a very emotionally fragile and and not good headspace when like moments before doing this activity like that should be like a complete like no let's let's nope out of it yeah yeah i i forget uh who it was uh one of our mutual friends in the mm-hmm. ifja had uh uh written this in their letterbox review but it went something along the lines of like the idea of uh getting through trauma by going through an even worse trauma is Uh, like disconcerting at best yeah (laughs) yeah i i like that i i I apologize to whoever wrote that for not crediting you accurately but um if i could find it quickly and easily i would yeah i I totally, totally agree. Um, yeah, I can't. I yeah, I 
I totally agree. I'm trying to trying to see. Uh, maybe it was Nick. Um, yeah, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, it. Uh, I I don't. I really don't understand that. Like the logic behind that is is pretty flawed. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I and I I try to. I like I. I was trying, it's so hard to reconcile those issues that I have with the movie because again, like the script does not do like with, with a, with a stronger script in terms of like dialogue and just placement of characters, like reasoning, motivations, all of this with a better script, this could have been an incredible movie, but Mm -hmm. it just kind of falls a little bit by the wayside. Um, uh, because of of a pretty weak script and and lacking character drama or characterization, um, yeah, yeah. I I will say when, like I said, when I read the premise and was starting to do the mental gymnastics in my head of like how they were going to be able to stretch this premise for that long, mm-hmm. I kind of figured there would be like some flashbacks, yeah. um but there weren't Mm -hmm. and i'm okay with that um i feel like that would have like diminished the drama of them being stuck up there you know yeah oh absolutely like if if they had cut away to flashbacks and everything um yeah i i agree it would have it would have it would have kind of killed uh some of the some of the tension um i think that i think that having it entirely on the confined like platform and everything. I think that was a very wise choice. Um, um, but yeah, if they had cut around it or, or cut back and forth from it, I, I think it would have been, yeah, it, it would, it wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been, uh, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, sorry, I found the, the reviewer on letterbox. Mm-hmm. It was actually not someone from the IFJ. Oh, it was okay. a guy named Daniel bear. Oh, okay. So, kudos to you, Daniel. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um yeah, uh I'm trying to think of uh more non-spoiler stuff. I will say just kind of in vague terms, a couple of the setbacks or or not setbacks, but one of the challenges of it. I mean, again, it's it's something that's telegraphed pretty hard. Um I mean, it's 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 foreshadowed. I don't it doesn't matter. But anyway, it's an extended sequence where I felt like it was really, and I'll talk more in detail in spoilers, but I thought it was really a, a good stretch or a good show of how, um, how completely implausible it is for them to even be rescued or anything. Because like one of the characters is doing this thing that is like an incredible, like feat of athleticism, just to get something done so that they can try one thing that has like <laughs> the smallest like sliver of hope that they could get rescued. Yeah. And it was like, it was, I, I just thought that that was a really interesting, uh, uh, interesting sequence. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to go into spoilers for fall? Yeah, let's let's do it. All right. Before we get into spoilers, I'm just gonna say our ratings. Um, 
if you'd like. I, uh, yeah. So I, I basically, when watching the movie, I was like, this, you know, fuck it. This could be a four star movie, four out of five stars. <laughs> it could like, I was really, really into it. And then I just couldn't bring myself to do it because of the, just basically that was a knee jerk reaction to the tension alone. And that's such, um, it's a big component of the movie, but it's also a very, uh, like it is, it is only a component of the movie. So I have it at three stars. Um, and I've contemplated dropping it down to 2.5, but I, I have it at three stars. It's, it's fun. It's, 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 it accomplishes what it sets out to do. Um, what's your rating for fall? Uh, mine is two and a half out of five. Mm, nice. Um, I've seen a lot of two star reviews and mm-hmm. I can't totally argue with that. But like I said, the, the adrenaline pumping moments, they work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would be curious to, uh, get the reactions of people as they come out of the theater and see what they think. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I've seen some pretty positive reviews of this. I was kind of surprised like the AV club and Mm -hmm. I think variety had pretty positive reviews. I'm on rotten tomatoes right now and Mm -hmm. it's at 70%. Oh, wow. So yeah. Interesting. Um, I feel like there's something to be said about, (sighs) I mean, it is, it is a blockbuster thriller kind of thing. It is an original, property it's an indie thriller indie thriller and it is it is it the scope is is pretty impressive and even with the um even with with the contrivances and the plot and the uh derivative the derivative nature of a lot of the movie um it still kind of has that it it has it it satisfies where it counts. It satisfies in the in the thriller aspect, the excitement and everything, the adrenaline part. So, I I guess yeah. that's yeah. Um, but we're gonna go into spoilers for fall. Uh, of course, check the show notes if you want to skip around and get to our next review. But we're gonna play a clip from the trailer, and then when we come back, we're going to be spoiling fall. So stay tuned for that. down there in that bag. We have 50 feet of rope. I think I can drop myself lower. Okay, I'm gonna jump onto the bag. Okay, so first off with spoilers, I want to talk about how painfully obvious it was (laughs) that Hunter was having an affair or had slept with Dan. Um, And it was it was just very poorly set up like there's no way like it just it felt like it came out it came up kind of uh, it was very expected and it just kind of took me out of it having said that i did sort of appreciate the reveal that when becky finds out when she sees the tattoo i thought that was kind of a nice touch but i was just like this is 
this is just completely like lazy storytelling. <laughs> um, how did you feel about that and the drama between them about about Dan? Yeah, I uh, I I don't think it was as obvious to me as it was to you, but I uh, more or less saw it coming, mm. and when it was revealed, I didn't care. Yeah, it it didn't matter. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> What's uh what's the point of getting mad about something like that when you're <laughs> about to die? I I kind and, of had that thought too. Like they're literally like they're on like they are they're in running this, out of options. It, exactly. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yep. And I I think take that beat out of the movie and it doesn't mm. really change anything. It really doesn't. Like I mean there I think that a smarter script would have really like hammered it home into tying it into Becky's grief and like what her father was telling her outside the bar about how she's putting Dan on this pedestal and he was no good for her or anything. And it's like, that also feels just very loose and circumstantial or it feels like it it just doesn't, it feels like it's hitting these beats. That's like, okay, well, we have we have this character like we have we have this insane premise so now we need to kind of fill in the fill in the blanks with some uh character character drama and then not focus on that nearly enough and that makes the movie a little lopsided for me yeah yeah um yeah it just felt like a really easy plot route too um yeah yeah and again i don't want to say what movie it is but like there is a a similar movie somewhat um that it follows literally beat for beat that same thing woman's Mm. husband dies a woman has woman uh does this kind of extreme kind of sport thing uh goes with her friends on a trip and then her husband dies and in her grief she is roped back into going to do this this thing and it and finds out on the trip that her best friend was sleeping with her husband like it is it is beat for beat mm. that same thing and it's it's you'll, really irritating you'll have to uh text me what movie it is because i yeah. don't think i know what it is off the top of my head yeah even though i read next review mm-hmm yeah, I'm texting it to you now just because. I, I also uh, thought that the very ending, like the mm-hmm. the way that Becky finally gets rescued is was <laughs> kind of funny, I, uh, un- unintentionally funny. Yeah, I <laughs> I kind of cackled. It was, that was a lot of, that was, that I, I didn't have any problems with it. I thought that that was pretty yeah. it was pretty it was pretty crazy and i was just like that's that's pretty neat like putting the shoe <laughs> in in hunter's body um is that what you're referring to yeah yeah i was just like i like it was it was a good like shock surprise kind of thing um uh yeah, yeah i don't know i i thought that the movie was kind of playing it up as this like this uh, extension of their friendship and their bond, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of funny, uh, and just how yeah. it was executed. 
Like yeah. she's literally, she's tossing her body off so that it will <laughs> basically explode upon impact. And yeah. then <laughs> like, yes, she is, uh, the reason that she'll be saved, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought it was, it was, it was, it was fun. I, I kind of enjoyed that. <laughs> Um, what did you make of the, the kind of plot twist where we find out that Hunter died when she went down to get the water and, uh, Becky had been hallucinating her there to give her, you know, um, the strength to persevere and win or survive. Um, what did you feel? How did you feel about that? Uh, I thought it was... Uh, I don't know. It didn't, I think at that point I was more or less checked out. Mm -hmm. So, um, it didn't really affect me too much. Um, it was not really surprising, Mm -hmm. um, because just because of the logistics of like her going down there and, um, it's, I don't know. I was okay with it. I, yeah. Like I said, I didn't care at that point. Yeah, I I was still invested in the movie and I I was pretty I I was pretty okay with that. Um with that reveal if only because I appreciated the way that it kind of calls back to that um that that kind of dream sequence that she has where she sees the vulture just gnawing at at hunter i thought that was that was effective foreshadowing for that um but it also just felt like 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 i said a non-spoiler it felt like it was kind of just taking away um from the drama of of uh the affair and everything it felt like it wasn't it didn't adequately resolve that for me like we don't get like if she gets this this shocker where she's like, Oh, you know, you were sleeping with Dan. Um, and then it's like, well, yeah, but we're on a 2000 foot high platform and we're going to die. So, you know, maybe let's not priorities. Yeah. And then it just feels like that isn't as monumental a thing. And then she just up and dies and it's like, okay, well that, that doesn't really resolve the, the tension of that in any significant enough way for me, but it's also a movie that doesn't really, doesn't really do much to set up the uh, characterization and, and any character arc. So I can't really complain too much about it. Um, right. Yeah. Um, there was another, th- Oh yeah. Also just, and this is, this is totally nitpicking. I'm not going to let this be like any, like this didn't bear on the, um, on my overall rating of the movie, but I did think like it, it's, it, it stretched a little bit of credulity, 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 credulity. It made me think that it was a little funny that, um, that her cell phone lasted through multiple days. Yeah, really? Yeah. It I was must like, have been a brand new cell phone. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I just felt like that was a little bit, yeah, it it felt like it was a little bit um uh <laughs> I don't know. I also like uh you're like one of the only friends of mine that mm-hmm. has a uh non iPhone. Oh yeah. And um I feel like anytime that I 
try to text you something and it doesn't go through, I have mm-hmm. to manually uh, resend it. And maybe oh, it's just because I'm, uh, uh, I don't know, like maybe if I were to like try and wait until I move to somewhere to get a signal, it mm. would send itself, but I uh, haven't experienced that yet. So okay. just the logistics of that kind of uh, didn't check out for me exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It it did seem like kind of hoping on a wing and a prayer, really. Yes. Um, which is also kind of part and parcel with the whole movie. Cause like I said, in non-spoiler that whole, like the, the dumb life hack, <laughs> uh, with the light bulb. Yeah. Um, I fine. I'm like, I was like, that's fine. Did, did you also, uh, wonder why the hell it's just a regular light bulb up <laughs> in this TV yeah, tower? Kind of. And that like, can't be accurate. Can yeah, it? I I don't think so. And just the fact that it's easily like unscrewed, like <laughs> like that was that was a bit yeah, much. Yeah, you don't need a screwdriver. Or yeah. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did I did appreciate like with no snark. I did appreciate that. Uh, like the her wedding ring is what what helped to do that. I was like, that's yeah. that's kind of nice. Um, yeah. But the fact that she was doing that so that she can charge a drone so that she could fly it in the general direction of the motel with a note attached to it, hoping that someone like <laughs> reads it. And then also just the fact that it completely fails is, uh-huh. is kind and of she, amazing. She couldn't see this semi truck coming <laughs> from yeah. 2000 feet up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but also like when she is trying to get that drone charged, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to need to talk to people that use drones regularly about how quickly these things charge because she's yeah. up there holding it up there while she is, you know, starved and yeah. dehydrated and she's, you know, hanging on to a pole mm-hmm. and just for however long this takes and fighting off vultures. Yeah. And <laughs> I... I would be willing to bet from my knowledge, from my incredibly like limited knowledge of drones. I know nothing. I know that they, they only like, they're not, I, from what I understand, like flying them, like it doesn't, there's not a lot of fly time with it. So yeah. And especially when you're that high up. Yeah. So I can get that, but also, yeah, the, the, all the, also, even even if she wasn't dehydrated and all of that, like she's also been out of practice with the whole climbing thing for almost yes. a year. Like I had that same thought too. Like yeah. even before that, yeah. Like I can't. That's not something you do spur of the moment after. Like <laughs> it would be like honestly, it would be it would be like if you spent if you spent fifty one weeks drinking instead of like training for marathons and stuff and then you ran like an entire marathon without walking yeah yep yeah Yeah. no i would die yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh yeah so so yeah so it does kind of like you can pick it apart but also like i kind of i don't know i was still in the moment i was kind of i i I was suspending my disbelief pretty hard for it. Right, right. Um, 
I do want to talk about one more kind of thing, and that's um the whole the 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 guys in the RV and them stealing her car. Yeah. I was just like that just feels like like almost every other scenario that they come up with. Like the movie does a pretty good job or a pretty respectable job of making these different making the variety of of things that they that they do to try to escape. Like they do a pretty good job of of making it a a strong variety of things and make it make sense and everything. But just like, oh, these guys just ended up stealing, like stealing the like I didn't I it, it didn't make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it that that uh didn't really feel authentic. Mm. I mean, maybe they're it, it feels generous to say this, but maybe the movie is saying something about humanity and its mm. unwillingness to help out people in need. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. that's that's the best I could do for that. Yeah, honestly, and this this would have been a this honestly would have been a probably bet I would have been fine with this had this scenario played out. But they have the binoculars and I think I think Hunter like either jokingly or sincerely says, I think they might be lovers or something, um, and hiding out here and everything. And I was like, okay. But like it would have been just as easy to like have them and maybe it's in this, I don't know, but have them mistake like the grill for something else and like have it show, show that like they're like cooking meth or something or doing something like super shady. And that's why they stole the car. Um, like that would have made a little bit more sense for me, but that just felt like I was just like, okay, that, yeah, it didn't, it did nothing for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last thing that I'll say is that, uh, I kind of wish that they would have included, uh, Becky actually getting rescued at the end. Me too. I understand like they probably didn't have the budget for that. Right. But like, I, I was thinking like, even after, if this text or whatever goes through after Mm -hmm. she drops the phone, um, even after that gets through, it's going to take these rescue people hours just to, just to formulate a plan for how to get her down from there. Like how would they, would they get someone like on a, a helicopter Mm. and drop them down there kind of like in the coast guard or whatever that's what i was thinking too like i i mean because even then like a helicopter like that could kill her like the wind and like that like Mm -hmm. how i don't know how and i wish that they would have shown it or done something but it just felt so weird that it just jumps to her dad and then like the rescue has occurred. I just felt like that is yeah. so weird. Um, that's just it. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, but yeah, overall, I I don't really have much else to say about it. I thought it was the tension and everything was good. And that, that really carried it through for me. And I don't know. I feel like maybe three stars might be a little, a little generous, but I definitely had that kind of, that that adrenaline pumping experience um yeah so i i can't fault it too hard for its faults yeah sure and i i agree and uh the thing that 
holds it back. Well, one of the things that holds it back for me is just like, I don't think I'll ever watch this again or really think too much about it after this. Same here. Same here. Um, Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, that's our review of fall. Um, It is currently in theaters. Uh, Let us know what you thought of it. And if you're excited about it, all that stuff. Um, Yeah. So, uh, now we're going to shift gears <laughs> into, uh, the new Netflix movie day shift, which, uh, yeah. So here we go. Um, day shift is on Netflix. It, uh, premiered on Netflix, August 12th. Um, I have, rev- I have a written review on obsessiveviewer.com uh, for it, but the premise is a hardworking blue collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick witted eight year old daughter uh, his Monday, uh, yeah, that that is poor grammar because it's a completely new sentence. Um, <laughs> his mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income: hunting and killing vampires. Uh, directed by J.J. Perry in his directorial debut, uh, and written by Shay Hatton and Tyler Tice. The movie stars Jamie Fox, Dave Franco, Snoop Dogg, Carla Souza, and Megan Good. So Ben, you had mentioned we were we were talking about um we were talking about uh potential movies we could review with fall and you threw this out there as as something that could be interesting and we both uh we both grabbed it and watched it. Um what attracted you to this if anything and what were your kind of broad overall thoughts on it and non-spoilers? Yeah, I uh I really didn't have uh high expectations for this i remembered seeing like a promo teaser or uh, an email from netflix about it when Mm -hmm. they announced it i don't remember when um but i just thought that the cast sounded interesting and the premise sounded a little interesting Mm -hmm. but i kind of figured at the end of the day it would just be uh more Netflix stuff that would just be forgotten in a week. Yeah. And maybe that'll be the case with this, but uh, I don't know. Um, but I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Um, I uh, kind of figured it would just be, you know, just kind of a generic uh, action thing from Netflix that just, uh, just throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yep. And I think there's some really interesting uh, ideas here and some good comedy and some good action. Um, and uh, I think the cast works pretty well together uh, for the most part. Um, and yeah, I, I was uh, pleasantly surprised. Nice. I kind of had a similar thought. Um, I don't know. In in 2020, did you see Project Power? I didn't. I uh, kind of I didn't even really remember what it was called, but I remember there was another Netflix action ish movie with Jamie Foxx last year that uh, kind of came and went. Yeah, I I remember it, it. It came out in 2020 and. I remember watching it and I, I went back and read my review. Um, Jamie Foxx is really the only connection to project power and day shift, but 
it is kind of part and parcel with that Netflix thing, like uh, the throw everything at the wall and see what sticks kind of formula. And Project Power definitely has that that the tonal similarity to this movie. Um, But what um, I found interesting also, just as an anecdote, um, reading back on my review of Project Power from 2020, um, I gave it a glowing review. Like I rated it four stars and I think it was because it was 2020. And like, I opened it with something like something like, you know, there's a dearth of blockbuster, stuff now because of the world and this is very sad very much satisfying that itch for me but anyway now with um day shift this felt like for me i was i was very surprised because i i had very low i not even low expectations i had no expectations i was like yeah it seems like it could be interesting um i loved the very frenetic and crazy stylish action that felt like it was kind of john john uh wick e um i put in my notes john wick vampire hunter and <laughs> and like in my review i point out like it's not really a uh, a surprise that it's like john wick cuz jj perry on his filmography he has a long list of stunt stunt work that he did including being stunt coordinator or like executive stunt coordinator or something for john wick chapter two and he did stunt work on john wick um also i thought this was interesting he uh one of his credits was for stunt work on the 2017 dark tower movie (laughs) (laughs) i was just about to bring that up and yes you know what's interesting about that is that there is a moment in this movie that I went back and I, I rewatched it today to make sure that the scene that the that the sequence was was uh, how I remembered it being. But um, so in the Dark Tower, there's I mean, Dark Tower like it was terrible, but the like two or three action sequences that that movie had were pretty pretty fine. They were they were okay, but there's like one moment where uh Roland takes like is reloading his revolver by he throws um his like thing of bullets like the little circular thing of bullets into the air and then spins around or something and then he slams the the pistol down and loads it in midair and fires it and like here in this movie there's a scene where like there are two characters these brother characters who are there it's in the middle of this big fight sequence this big action sequence and like they're out of one of them's out of bullets and he's like hey you know give me a bullet or whatever and then the other one like ejects the bullet from his gun and like throws like it it flies through the air and then the other guy just comes down on it and gets it and shoots it. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And I was like, that reminds me vaguely of the dark tower. Um, so I thought that was kind <laughs> yeah, of interesting. That, that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the, the set pieces in this movie were very satisfying to me. Um, even though, and like, it's going to be the same kind of issues that I had with fall, but the story surrounding it, I I didn't really care about all that much. Like, 
the plot there's like it's a contrived reason to get him to need ten thousand dollars in a very short amount of time so that his family doesn't move away and it's like okay but like that's fine and then you have the whole secret union thing that feels like the the um john wick thing whatever it was called um and it just it feels like it it just feels like a by the numbers kind of thing like an algorithm thing but <laughs> i think that despite those issues the the action and and the choreography the action and everything was was very well done very well handled and i really liked the the kind of buddy aspect between dave franco and jamie fox i think that them paired together was was a lot of fun yeah um, for sure um yeah and i to talk about the whole john wick of it all mm-hmm. it kind of drives me nuts when uh critics uh just refer to any action movie as trying to be like a john wick rip- <laughs> ripoff like and john wick it, vampire it, hunter <laughs> no like like the gray man earlier this oh, year yeah. which i don't think you've seen yet, i haven't and you shouldn't um <laughs> but they were i remember a couple of reviewers had said that it was kind of trying to be a john wick kind of action movie mm. when really all that they mean by that is an action movie but oh yeah i yeah. i think what sets the John Wick movies apart for me is the world building in them. Yeah. Um, like, yes, there are, there are action sequences in that, that are better than most action movies. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's not what I uh, love about those movies. Right. It's the world building and the, like the bureaucracy and all of that. That's kind of the foundation for those things. Yeah. And this movie had both of those. Um, I liked, especially early on when you don't really get too much info about how it works and all that. Mm -hmm. I I thought that was really interesting how there's this underground system of, uh, how this whole vampire hunting thing works and knowing that the director was pretty close with the John Wick movies, uh, really, uh, helps to explain that so uh yeah i i think it is uh finally apt to call this a kind of john wick-esque action movie yeah you know i agree and i think that a big part of um i think there are ways to make or to take influence from like a movie or a franchise like john wick which i mean i mean it's hard not to because it is so it is so distinctive but there are ways to take to to take influence from it versus like kind of ripping off it or riff riffing off of it even like yeah. i think i think back to like like hotel artemis and i didn't i didn't actually see nobody but it just feels like that kind of same core premise and everything but here we have this pretty unique take on, you know, vampires and vampire hunting and everything in the style of and with the like frenetic energy of John Wick choreography. And I think that that's where the balance comes in to make it to make it stand out and make it not 
make make it make more sense and make it more unique um and using it as an influence yeah definitely um there were uh there's there's a lot of really good action scenes in this like yeah. uh and not only action scenes but there's a really cool car chase uh, yes kind of midway through mm-hmm. and, I, I really enjoyed that and the way the way that it's filmed is really cool too mm-hmm. um i was reading uh an interview with uh jj perry i think it was on rogerebert.com mm-hmm. and they were talking about um how he filmed some of the fight scenes and the the vampires in this are very like contortiony yeah uh they they like twist around in these weird ways and he was saying the the first vampire fight with the old lady mm-hmm. there were four actors that were doubles for that old lady oh wow they had the the regular actor they had a fight actor they had a contortionist actor and I forget what the fourth one was, but Hmm. like a stunt contortionist basically. But I I think just the, the different levels of that just were uh, just another level of this that would makes it stand out. Oh, absolutely. That like the care that went into that, like that and uh, yeah, yeah. The, I think that the the juxtaposition of the um of the action like style with this supernatural element of these like contortionist creatures that are going crazy and overpowered and everything I think that that really mixed well together to to just really really make it a, a fun entertaining movie um, and that's, that yeah. really stood out to me. Yeah. 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 Um, a couple other things about it that I didn't quite like really, <laughs> um, uh, was, um, I felt like the, the main vampire, like her whole thing, like it's, it's hard to say because I, I feel like, I feel like that as as much as the kind of world building was was there in the movie like between like the union and the vampire presence and everything um i feel like there could have been a lot more done to really delve into that but instead the movie kind of seemed a little bit more preoccupied with the family drama with Jamie Foxx and his ex-wife and and daughter and his clashing with um Dave Franco's character and the the kind of uh the very like uh stereotypical like stick up his ass uh um uh like authority figure guy like mm-hmm. i feel like there's it it has a lot of moving pieces and i wish that there was a little bit more with the main vampire villain oh and also his neighbor that whole thing felt like it was very much like a complete afterthought. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of irritating. We can talk about that in spoilers, but that, and then the, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it, uh, Oh, that, and like the reason that he wasn't, the reason why he was kind of expelled from the union is just very much a, 
like we don't get enough of his backstory i think right so yeah yeah um yeah i think uh anytime this uh kind of like fall anytime this tries to lean on character stuff it just i don't know if i'd say it falls apart but it's Mm. just not as strong yeah i i completely agree um yeah do you want to jump into spoilers or is there anything else we can talk about in non-spoiler um i don't think so i mean it's pretty clear that there will be a sequel to this mm-hmm. or at least they were trying to get a sequel yeah um just there were references to like other vampires that are bigger and badder and mm-hmm. so there's probably going to be a sequel sooner or later yeah uh, which i'd be okay with if you this know, cast returns honestly and... yeah me too i mean if the freaking old guard can get a sequel then <laughs> then yeah give give uh give day shift a sequel um, right. And honestly, I mean, the chemistry, the the energy and chemistry of Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco, I want to see them paired up again. I want to see further adventures with them. Sure. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. It's overall, it's, it's a pretty, I mean, it's, it's, it's a Netflix action movie. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. And I like, I if i was if i cared more i would nitpick how dave franco's character is a little shallow but yeah i mean he's he's just there to be a sidekick and comic relief so it's fine yeah oh yeah um and i think he plays it well enough i think i think he has a lot of fun with the role Um, yeah his his like introduction was pretty funny yeah with the with the yogurt uh-huh yeah that <laughs> yeah. was great oh yeah um yeah so do you want to go into spoilers for day shift sure all right great we're gonna go into spoilers for day shift uh before we do that what was your rating for it um i believe i rated it three and a half stars nice um yeah nice i have it at you know what Yo, uh, I already published the review. So, yeah, I have it at three stars. <laughs> so, uh, three stars. I enjoyed it, and I, I would see a sequel. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, sorry. I, I have not rated it yet, but I'm oh, okay. pretty sure it'll it'll be either to be three and a half or three stars. Nice. Nice. All right. Awesome. Well, we're going to go ahead and go into spoilers for Day Shift. Um Check the show notes for timestamps, all of that. But I'm going to play a clip from the trailer. When we come back, we're going to be spoiling Day Shift, which is currently streaming on Netflix. Vampire hunting is a business. Cut next and cash your checks. Well, things have changed since you got your ass kicked out for Union. If I don't come up with 10K, my wife and my daughter are going to move to Florida. Hi, Dad. You're late again. And the union is the only place that could give me that kind of money. Your record is chock full of incident. But he's a new man. One last chance. This is your final warning. This kid cracked. Oh, no. All right. So spoilers on for day shift. Um... Ben, the first thing that I want to kind of talk about, we did we did not talk about Snoop Dogg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
how did you feel about Snoop Dogg in this movie? And what do you feel is implied by the ending? Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was fun. I mean, I, I don't think you're really, uh, you shouldn't be expecting too much out of a Snoop Dogg performance. Right. And, um, he, he does what he needs to here. I, yeah. It's just kind of, it's always fun to see him and he seems like he's having fun here. So mm-hmm. why not? And yeah. the reveal that he's still alive at the end is fine with me. I yeah. don't care. I, d- I couldn't tell if it's supposed to imply that he's a vampire now or if he just survived mm. that. But I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I also thought he was just, he was fine. He was fun. Um, yeah, yeah. Like there are moments where it just feels like he's, he's playing himself in like in a lot of yeah. ways, like so yeah. much. So like it is, it's stunt casting. It's something that's not like, he's not literally playing himself, but he's, he's just, he's Snoop Dogg in it. Like even when his like final moment, he's like West side for life. And then he does that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, Snoop. All right. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I think that the movie is entertaining enough that his, his performance fits like his character fits pretty well. I do think that he's a little underwritten. Like again, the kind of whole backstory aspect of the movie. I wish that we had a little bit more of, um, because like he's, he pops up and then suddenly it's like, it's like he's dictating, uh, Bud's re-entrance into the, in the union and everything. And I'm like, I don't understand why, like it's fine, Mm -hmm. but okay. Um, yeah he and then that's like the last that you see of him until the end pretty much yeah yep so so yeah um dave franco being changed into a vampire that was pretty fun and unexpected yeah um i enjoyed that and i really liked how again like i kind of feel like dave franco is kind of the standout of the entire movie honestly (laughs) um and I really like the kind of change up of his performance. Like his his whole demeanor in the movie is hilarious to me. And it is pretty standard. It is pretty stereotypical and everything of a, just a pencil pushing desk jockey. But um, his change up in that, the, the, uh, the, the energy, the way that it changes is, is really satisfying to me. And he becomes even more entertaining and endearing uh, after he's changed into a vampire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I forgot to bring this up in non-spoilers, but mm. um, I, I, again, with the world building, I kind of like how they go into this, uh, how there's like a dichotomy of different types of vampires. Yeah. And even, even though it doesn't really factor into it all that much, it's still interesting that they put that in there. Yeah, definitely. Know? And it does pay off pretty well with the, with the nest thing where they're like, Oh, we have yeah. all of these different vampires coexisting. That's crazy. I just wish that the, that the main vampires motivations and everything was better like in more yeah. clear um, or that she was more than just some you know just an evil vampire exactly exactly um yeah yeah um another thing i want to talk about is the neighbor 
that mm-hmm. that is the weakest point of the whole movie for me honestly <laughs> like he runs yeah. into her yeah like he runs into her and then the movie kind of forgets about her entirely and then she comes back up and it's like oh i'm kind of a deus ex machina for the final showdown and everything like now you have all of this information and you know it it, it just felt very sloppy yeah, I kind of figured when she was introduced that she would either be a love interest for him. Um, but then I remembered that he was, you know, still trying to get with his ex-wife, yeah. or his separated wife or whatever. Yeah. Um, I either figured that or she would turn out to be uh, either a vampire or... Mm-hmm. Um, turn into a vampire and he would, I don't know, get betrayed by her or not get betrayed by her, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, put more, more trust in her than, I don't know. Yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely agree. I, it just felt like a very sloppy part of the story for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just, it just didn't work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what else can we talk about in spoilers? I'm um I don't um, know. Yeah. The brothers, uh, that's another Yeah. Yeah. I, I really I, I wish that they were in it more. Me too. Because um, that that fight scene with them was awesome. Oh, it was so that was cool. probably my favorite part of the movie. Mine too. And I feel like it's it's very much and and again, this is this is honestly why I, I can't really bring myself to rate it higher than three stars is because it does feel like an algorithm movie and it does feel mm-hmm. like a franchise starter movie, almost to the point that it feels like a proof of concept thing. Like, okay, well, this world has a bunch of vampires and like we have the secret union and everything and oh there's a lot of like bureaucracy here and oh we can introduce these new characters at any point and (laughs) it's like now it's all lived in it just feels more like more like they're trying to prove that they can build a franchise out of this rather than organically build like a thing for one one movie there i don't know yeah i mean if if the freaking uh, German guy or whatever from Army of the Dead can get his own spinoff <laughs> movie. Then, oh god, I forgot about surely that. Surely there will be a million spinoffs and sequels and whatever Jeez. for this. Did that? Did that movie come out? It did. Wow, last year. Okay, what was it called? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Yeah. Something Army something or Dead something. Yeah. It had half of Army of the Dead in its title. I I don't remember. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. I never watched it. Yeah. I. Well, obviously, I didn't watch it either. Yeah. Army of Thieves. Right. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. Um. Yeah. I I think that there's. Definitely a, a a chance for them to make a reasonably okay franchise out of this, right? Um, but I was pleasantly surprised with this movie. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, anything else, or should we kind of start wrapping up? 
Uh, no, I don't think I have anything not worth mentioning. Nice. All right. Well, that is our review of Day Shift. I rated it three stars. Ben, you rated it three stars as well. Um, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have a review on obsessiveviewer.com. Check the show notes for, for link and everything. Um, yeah, I think that that should do it. I think we'll forego potpourri because I got to wake up early tomorrow. <laughs> um, but but yeah, that's that's our episode. Um, ben, thank you for joining me. And once again, uh, if you could tell people where to find you online and what uh, what all stuff you have on themoviestate.com. Uh, yeah, just find me online through themoviestate.com. Just has links to all my socials. Um, this week's poll question is, uh, again, what is your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? Um, and, uh, the week after that, uh, will be something new every Monday. Nice. Um, and as of, as far as reviews, um, nothing concrete as of yet, uh, mm-hmm. more, Comics, reviews, I'm sure I'll throw in a a movie or TV show review or something coming out soon. Just, again, just uh, set it as your homepage and Mm -hmm. just keep clicking the refresh button. Nice, nice. (laughs) Uh, I did see that you posted a review of the Amazon Prime League of Their Own. Um, Yes. Yeah, I didn't didn't read it. Uh, Sorry. But um, (laughs) how, just real quick, how is it? You know, uh, this is, I'll I'll fall on the sword for this one, but I, uh, I got screeners for the entire season, which is eight Mm -hmm. episodes. And I had thought that they were just going to be dropping three episodes, um, at, on, at first, but it turns out it's the entire season. Oh, wow. So I only watched the three Mm -hmm. and I was going to do episodic reviews after those three, but uh now i don't have time to do that so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah the the first 3 episodes are good nice. uh darcy carden and Ab- abby jacobson are really good nice. um and there's uh i think her name is shante adams okay. um is is pretty good as well but it's so far it's basically uh a longer riff on the movie okay um i'm Still excited to watch the rest of it, but I think it's it's okay. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, all right. Well, I think that will do it for this episode of The Obsessive Viewer. Um, once again, follow Ben's work at themoviestate.com and uh, follow him on Twitter at themoviestate and on Letterboxd at Ben Sears. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and play us out. Thank you once again, Ben. And uh, thank you guys for listening to us. Also, check out Patreon. I should probably promote that. Uh, Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer. Got Stephen King book reviews. I'm going to be doing um, uh, reviews of Stephen King's new book that's coming out September 6th uh, as I read it. So check that out. Patreon.com slash Obsessive Viewer. Thank you guys. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. And now, enjoy this short clip from our Patreon-exclusive RSS feed. For the full clip and more exclusive Patreon content, such as early access to episodes, TV book and movie reviews and reaction recordings, commentary tracks, and Patreon poopery episodes, go to patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer and become a patron at the minimum rate of $1 per month. Thank you and enjoy!
I've watched a decent amount of TV this year. Nice. And I actually just finished this show called The Bear. Have oh, you heard anything about that? Um, I on ha- FX. Yes, I I don't know much about it except that it's about a guy who goes back to his hometown to run a restaurant, something. Yes. Okay. Pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. in Chicago. Okay. And he's he was this like high end, uh, James Beard award winning chef, mm. and he goes back to his family restaurant in Chicago and uh takes it over and uh, deals with all the stress and everything of that. And it's a pretty decent show. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really interesting. Um, And it was, I feel like I remember seeing people like on Twitter saying that it's kind of like uncut gems for TV. Oh, And I don't know if I really agree with that, but Mm. I still there are definitely moments where it feels like very stressful and where you can feel the stress of the characters kind of like an uncut gems. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I still think it's pretty interesting. I don't know if it'll be like on my best of the year list at the end of the year, but it's, it's worth considering at least. This podcast was edited and produced by Matt Hurt and presented by obsessiveviewer.com. You can find links to all of our shows at obsessiveviewer.com slash podcasts. For exclusive bonus content, including reviews, commentaries, and B-roll episodes, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.